Welcome back, everybody. This is Todd Sylvester with the Todd Sylvester Inspired Belief Cast. Thank you once again for your support. I have a, a, an awesome guest who I've known for quite some time now. His name is Dixon Brown. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Um, I do have to give a, a shout out to our sponsor, Ver, uh, Veracity Networks, and my good friend Drew Peterson for making that happen. Uh, they've been a great support, and they help get uh, the message out for me, and they've been a, a good supporter for us for, for a little while now. So thank you, Veracity Networks. Um, uh, and again, also, uh, everyone for listening and for sharing and for the support. The feedback's been phenomenal. We've had some amazing guests with, that uh, have shared some pretty you know, amazing stories. They, they've been vulnerable, and it's been, it's been quite, the, quite the ride so far. So thank you. All of you for your support. So, Dixon, man, I've known you for quite some time, and I want to thank you for being on and getting here early. It's bright and early. <laughs> yeah, bright and early. That's all right. Yeah. I like getting up. So, a little bit, little background on Dixon. He's, a, he's, a, he's married. He's a, he's a father of three boys and one girl. Uh, he's a head cheerleader of Little League sports. He's always involved with sports. They're always doing something with their kids when it comes around sports. He's a helicopter pilot. With a passion for aviation, he loves classic cars, and you can consider yourself a little bit of a motorhead. Love yeah, working on cars. Yeah, love working on cars. Restoring a '66 Chevy truck right now. That it's been a fun project. Right on. Call yeah. A sobriety truck. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> um, I met Dixon. Oh, how long has it been? Has it been three years? Yeah, just over three years. A little over three years. Yeah. Um, I was one of his counselors here at Wasatch Recovery, and uh, he came through the program here and. When I first met him, he wasn't in a very good place uh, with his life and uh, struggling there, which we'll get to. But uh, he's now living an amazing life. He's been clean for quite some time now and doing great things. And and so I'm just honored to have you on and that you're willing to come share your story with our listeners. Great. Yeah, I, I appreciate being on. Um, yeah, the, the, you know, the longer uh, time goes by... Um, you know, it's good to refresh yourself on your story and remember, you know, yeah, where things were and where things could be, and uh, be grateful for thing where things are at right now. So yeah, absolutely. So well, let's um, start a little bit. You know, give us a little background on your family okay. and where you grew up, and let's talk about that for a minute. Okay, uh, born and raised in uh, in Kaysville, Utah, so just north of here. I actually still live in Kaysville. Okay, yeah, I mean, my wife lived there for. 14 years now. But, uh, I, yeah, I, I grew up, I, I've got two older brothers. Um, you know, my, my childhood was great. Uh, super supportive parents. Um, you know, as far as my, my, my family dynamics go, you know, I, one thing that I, I try to emulate is how my, my parents supported us in whatever we did. Uh, right. you know, my, my brother, uh, you know, they were all into different things. I was the one that was into sports, but, uh, you know, my parents followed us and, and helped out and did everything, you know, to support us in the, in that. Um, you know, I, I was, uh, born and raised in the LDS church. Uh, I, I went to high school at Davis high. Um, actually, uh, got a football and track scholarship to Weber state. Okay. Um, played up there for a year and decided to go on a mission. Um, went on a mission, went to Iowa for, uh, for my mission, um, came back and I took a scholarship to pole vault up at Utah state. 
pole vault? Yeah. Really? Yeah, so that's where my track was. Okay. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, I, uh, uh, you know, have always been into sports. After after I got back and uh, my priorities had kind of changed when I got home uh, and I, I hadn't, uh, track really wasn't my my thing. I didn't, I didn't have a passion for it anymore. Okay. Uh, so I, I started the season out and I, and I stopped, uh, I stopped doing the track team and, um, you know, I, I think it was probably about that time. That's when I started drinking and, uh, it was more of a social thing and, uh, you know. Well, how do you go from, you know, you go on this mission, you're religious, you're trying to follow the, I guess the rules of, of that religion yeah. and, uh, and then you said you come home and I just started drinking. I mean, what, what led up to that? I was, you know yeah, what I you mean? You know what? I, religion is actually a funny thing for me. It's, uh, you know, I, I, I wouldn't consider it a hang up, um, but it's a longer process for me than, it, than others. I, I, I thought I'd be back for my mission and I, and I thought, you know, I saw my brothers and I was like, what happened on their mission that didn't happen on mine? Like, why was I not like this, like full-on believer um mm -hmm. and uh you know a lot of a lot of the you know i don't i don't know if it's just not understanding or not really knowing myself well enough uh but i didn't have that that like drive of this is this is right this is what i need to be doing um you know i i kind of had that that feeling of of i need to experience things for myself and i'll and right. I'll figure things out my own way. Okay. Um, and so I, I actually was re really never that active after I got home from my mission. Well, so did you, do you think you went on your mission to kind of, that's what your brothers did, so I better follow there, suit? I think there's a, I think there's a little a part bit of that. that. Yeah, I think there's a part of that. Uh, I felt like it was the right thing to do, uh, you know. Mm -hmm. I, you know, at, at 18, 19 years old, I... I really didn't know. I, this is what you do. This is kind of what the, right. you know, where I lived and how I grew up. This is what you do. And um, I kind of put some things together as far as like if I get a call and things work out and by this date, then I'll go. And it did. So I went. Um, not saying that I didn't like my mission. I, th I think that was uh, a huge part of my life. I learned a ton um, on my mission. Right. Um but as far as the spiritual side, um, I, I don't know if that was a, you know, I don't know. Some people say that they, that the mission converts them. Mm -hmm. uh, and I would say maybe it didn't for me. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, um, and, and it's still something, you know, I'm 42 now and there's, I, and religion is still something that, you know, I, I continue to work with, uh, right. you know, and, and try to find where my spirituality is, uh, where my beliefs are. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's still something that I've worked on. There was, I came across a saying that, um, uh, religion, religion is someone else's experiences and mm -hmm. spirituality is your own experiences. And so when I, uh, yeah. when I, I like think that. about like my spiritual side, I definitely have a spirituality side where I feel my personal growth and I, I and I, and I see and feel that those things that are, you know, true and right for me. Right. Um, uh, when it comes to the organized, structured religion, there's still some things I, you know, um, 
you know, that I, I don't say that I block anything out, but, um, you know, it takes time yeah. for me. Okay. Um, so you get back, um, and you know, you go back to school, but you're not doing sports anymore, correct? Yeah. Okay. And then is that, and then you just got with some friends or were you on your own when you started no, to drink? I, I had or? roommates that were kind of yeah. in a similar situation. We kind okay. of were the closet drinkers and, you okay. know, because we still had, you know, friends that were, uh, probably would have uh, looked down upon us if if they knew right um <laughs> here pull that mic just a little closer there there you go Great. and uh yeah i uh yeah had 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 a group of friends from that you know i when i got home that's where i, I met my wife up at school um i was working as a waiter at tony roma's uh my wife was the hostess uh, okay at tony roma's <laughs> and i thought she was cute um you know, come to find out we had a, her old boyfriend was one of our friends <laughs> and uh, I he actually brought her over to the house and I think he was trying to state claims before <laughs> anybody else <Right>. but uh, <laughs> yeah my, you know as far as me and my wife we we kind of saw eye to eye at the time you know in in mm -hmm. college you know we would drink and you know the religion side of things weren't that important to me uh, the social aspect was important to me. Right. Um, and, uh, um, you know, it never was a real problem. Like I, I, I felt like I was a pretty controlled drinker. You mm -hmm. know, I never was the guy that people talked about the next day being the, you know, out of control. Right. And so I felt like I had, had things under control and that, and that was the case for a lot of years. Right. Um, my first job, uh, my first real job was uh, with a software company and uh, I did a lot of traveling and there were people that I worked with and we would drink on the road and I I always had uh, my work done. I felt like they, they liked me at work. Um, uh. Uh, I transitioned to a different company into a sales role and I was actually there for 12 years and you know, drinking was a part of that that culture uh, with where I worked. Yeah, so, yeah, especially when you're on the road, yeah. after meetings, most people would say, well, it's hey, you guys want to go get a drink? Yeah, right? yeah. I used to mess around when, uh, when, I, when I got clean. <laughs> you know, I'd be on a business trip or whatever, and I would just mess with, with the guys I'd be, you know, having meetings with and stuff. Like, because I knew they were all going to say, hey, let's go grab a drink. And it was just like, that was like standard, right? And I would, I'd always try to beat him to the punch, and I, because I would never join him because at this point I wasn't drinking. But I'd say, "Hey, who wants to go get some ice cream?" Yeah. <laughs> and they'd who look at me like cream? I was. They like they didn't know how to respond. It was like, "What? <laughs> you guys want to go get an ice you cream? Want a milkshake?" <laughs> yeah. And I anyway. So, but it, but you're right. It becomes part. Of, you know, when you're traveling, and usually a lot of business meetings revolve around, at, at least afterwards, let's go have a drink and kind of. Yeah you know, close the deal, so to speak. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so that, you know, for 12 <laughs> years, that was a big part of it. And, yeah. uh, you know, at that, during that, during that time, you know, me and my wife saw, you know, eye to eye at first, you know, we were, we kind of were on the same path as far as, uh, church things went. Mm -hmm. Um, and as we started to have kids, there's some certain, things that happen with the church and, and do you want your kid to be a part of religion? Right. Do you, is this the way you're going to raise them? 
Um, I kind of felt like I was going on one plane and in one direction and, Mm -hmm. and my wife was kind of pulling a different direction and where she wanted some religion in my, in the family and with the kids. And, Uh um, now that, that ended up bringing a lot, a lot of resentments, um, because I felt like, uh, I was losing part of who I was, uh, because I felt like okay, I've established who I am. This is what I do. I'm not part of this culture here in Utah. Uh, you know, and, you know, as, as we were, you know, we got further along in life and we ended up with, uh, you know, our second and our third, uh, and now our fourth, right. Um, things, you know, like I said, I, I, th- I think I had a lot of resentments, uh, against, against that. And, and with my wife, uh, you know, there was a point and I, and I, I think I shared some of this, you know, back, um, actually when I came through the house yeah. is that, uh, I put a lot of blame on my wife. I, I blamed her for my drinking problems. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, you, know, you, were, you were a, a pretty good victim when you came yeah, through here. Yeah. I, I felt like she took <laughs> away my coffee machine. She took away my, <laughs> uh, my friends that I hang out with my golf game. I, you know, all of these things I, I pinned on her that this was, you know, her fault that, uh, and so, you know, I joke, joke about that. I, I would drink at Rochelle and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that was my, I felt like that was the only thing that was mine, uh, that was left that was mine was this, was, was alcohol. And that was a pretty dangerous relationship. Yeah. Uh, and sure. I didn't, and I didn't realize it. I thought I was still doing fine. I, I, you know, had a really good job. Um, my wife wasn't a big fan of the people, uh, and their lifestyles that I, that I worked with. Um, and I think she probably had a clearer picture than right. I did. I, yeah. I was I was a little jaded on on how that dynamic uh, was affecting my life. And uh, you know, as far as when things started to become a problem, um, I I had a really good job. I had um, I made good money. We we had things that you know were fun. We had toys and we had a boat and I, you know, I, I I would build my story around who I thought I was. I'm this guy that's got a good job. I've got a boat. I've got a razor. I've got a helicopter's pilot's license. I, I, you know, it was kind of like I I validated myself with my LinkedIn profile versus (laughs) like who I really was. Right. Right. And, uh, you know, and it became a struggle where I, you know, when my, when my wife realized that it was a problem, she actually reached out to a buddy of mine, uh, that I grew up with. He was my best friend, uh, still is my best friend. I'd, I would consider him, um, right. and just said, what do I do? I think he's got a problem. And, uh, he said, well, tell him to come to a meeting with me. Right. Um, here's a AA book. See if he'll look at it. See, right. And I didn't know she was doing any of this stuff. And, and, if I would have known, I probably would have been upset and been like, I'll get off your high horse. Let me do my thing. This is, right. if you just left me alone, I would be fine. And, and that's truly how I felt. I felt right. like if people would just leave me alone, I would be fine. Right. Um, and uh, I think it was those little insertions of, of, of 
those things were where I started thinking, maybe I do have a problem. <laughs> Is something wrong? Yeah, you know. Right. <laughs> at this point, how much? I mean, are you drinking every day at this point, or um, you know, how how intense was it? Yeah, I was drinking every day. Okay. Yeah, and, and I mean, you know, thinking back on on those times, like when I th- didn't think I had a problem, um, man, I had so many things that would happen that I would like just breaks my heart like thinking like that's the way I was acting you know with my kids and and but I you know I didn't see I didn't see it that way right you know what almost sounds like when you're saying this was my thing leave me alone let me just do my thing Mm -hmm. it's almost as if you felt like you're outside of that you're trying to be controlled it almost feels like you know and I know your background because we've talked a lot where almost religion to you is almost like this thing to control you and you don't like to be yeah. controlled. Yeah. Well, that, is there, yeah, definitely. Is that fair? Oh, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then like you mentioned earlier, you started to kind of resent things and then, you know, resentments always lead to rebellion, you know, so it's almost like that was the fuel to keep you, you know, drinking even more like, yeah. okay, well, I'm going to drink at you now. And yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. And that and it was the thing. It was like, oh, okay, so my wife doesn't want alcohol in the house, and I will hide it. I'll put it in the. I'll right. put it in the garage. I'll put it in the basement. I'll, you know, I'll I'll do whatever I need to do to mm-hmm. to, you know, keep my thing. Um, you know, and there, you know, I remember times when I realized that things were getting bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would always pin, like I said, I like. L- just if you left me alone, I would be fine. Right. And uh, so I, I would see like, uh, you know, times when I was withdrawing and I didn't have alcohol, and uh, you know, and I would start to get the shakes or or something like that, and um, and I always would go back and pin it on that. I would say, you know, to myself, I, I would say if Ro- Rochelle just left me alone and gave me a day to just you know, get over this hangover, I'd be fine. But now I've got a drink to, you know, keep right. the shakes down. And, uh-huh. right. <laughs> and, and, uh, and then it just snowballs at that point. But, uh, you know, I remember times with my, uh, with my family, I tried to be around my kids and do stuff with them. Um, right. and I, and I did go to their games, um, and participated what I thought was participating uh, right. in their lives. I was there, uh, you know, uh, but I wasn't really there. I will, you know. Uh, yeah. You're there physically, emotionally. No. Yeah. 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 And I, and I think that was more of a show like, see, I'm doing fine yeah. type of a thing rather than I really want to be part of their lives. It was more of a, you know, yeah, I'll go to their game. I'll coach their little league team, but I'll drink the whole time. <laughs> or, right. you know, it was, it was, uh, you know, thinking back and like the, the times when I was so hungover and, and, uh, just trying to manage and not able to eat, uh, you know, and I remember pouring milk for my son and he's like, how come you're shaking so bad? And I'm just like, it made me mad. And I, I was yeah. just like, don't question. I'm fine. Don't, you know, and, the, and like those, those thinking about like the reaction, I was, I was mad because I was embarrassed and, yeah. you know, I, I knew that I was failing them. 
Um, well, yeah, and then when your kids are noticing it, yeah, like, that's probably like, oh wow, yeah. this must be getting bad if my kids can see this. Yeah, yeah. I remember we we had dinner one night, and I I there was a there was a period when things were really bad. Like I I couldn't eat um, unless I drank. Um, and drinking every day, as far as like saying how how much were you drinking, I would drink from the time I got up to the time I went to bed. Yeah. Uh, and then sometimes in the middle of the night just to go back to sleep. Mm. Um, and, uh, I remember my, my son was saying the prayer for dinner and he, he prayed for me that I would be able to eat because he noticed that I hadn't been eating. Wow. And, uh, really? you know, and I would, I would try to take like <laughs> my food and throw it away real quick before anyone saw it. Cause I just didn't have an appetite. And I, yeah, I, I, it was complete misery. Um, yeah. You know, when you're in the middle of the addiction, it's not fun. You know, right. the drinking took on a different thing, a different thing from like, this is fun. This is like, you know, go out and have a few with the buddies and to something that I had to have just to play the role of a dad and a husband. Uh, and I, and I, you know, I hated every minute of it. Um I remember times sitting at work and, you know, those times where I, I couldn't eat, you know, my mm-hmm. stomach was just in pieces. Uh, my mind is, you know, scrambled. Um, I, I remember sitting looking at my computer screen one day and I was like, just die already. Just really? die already. Like, this is enough. I can't do this anymore. Um, and... You know, with the spirituality side of things, like I didn't have a real belief in God, mm-hmm. uh, and I guess what I would say is a, a belief in God that there was help, right there, right, uh, and and so, so you you okay. So what you're saying is at that time you didn't believe you could reach out to yeah. a God that would help. That's where you struggled. Yeah, like, well, there's no one to reach out to. Yeah. And I, gotcha. I, and I think, you know, I, I think with the experiences that I had of, of growing up and being raised a certain way, there was, you know, I, I, I always figured that I could handle everything on my own, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and I, and I guess I never had an experience where, um, reaching out to God would be something that would help me. I, I I figured I have to figure this out on my own. I've got right. to do this on my own. Right. And uh, um. So during during that time, I I remember times I. You know that I was hoping there would be some help there. Right. I I and I I one of my my son he was he was the youngest and he would sleep in our bed at the time and I remember. You know, going to bed shaky and sweaty and feeling like crap and like be like, well, maybe I should pray to him and he's the closest one. Maybe he can relay a message <laughs> for me. Really? You know? Right. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know how to, what to do. Um and I don't know if if you've never been in that that situation um of complete hopelessness, like you don't know where to turn. Yeah. Uh, you know, like I saw my wife as the enemy. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and I I didn't feel like I really had anywhere else to go. Like I didn't know what to do. Um, so I knew that I would end up dying if I kept going. Yeah, you know you you mentioned you know when you're at that when you're at your job looking at the computer screen you're like just die already. Yeah, were you really to that point where you just rather be dead at this point? Cause I think I the, was. Yeah, because I I didn't know what what to do. I didn't know. Uh, you know, yeah, I, the way that I felt like physically, um, was terrible. The way that I felt emotionally was terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I didn't know if, you know, I really was thinking if it would just end it, it would end and I would be done with it. Right. Um, you know, and you know, as far as the drinking went, I think I got myself pretty close to that. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah. Um, so obviously your wife knows what's going on, and I'm, I would imagine it was pretty contentious at this time in yeah. your marriage because obviously she doesn't want you to be doing that. Mm-hmm. You don't know where to turn, and you don't want to hear her telling you not to do it. Yeah. You know, so that had to have been kind of a contentious time for you too. Yeah, there were a lot of years. It was it was pretty tough. Like I I I look back at that portion of my life, and I think we both saw each other as enemies to each mm-hmm. other. Um, you know, which is no way to live in a relationship anyway. Right. You sure. know, that's sure. it's that's a tough t- tough thing to to work with, and uh, yeah, I I. It, I I remember saying one time that I, it was kind of like anything that she did that might have been wrong or wrong in my eyes, I would pack that into my ammo bag so I could pull that out at another time because mm. I felt that's what she was doing to me. Okay. Like she was trying to find any thing. So there was always this, like we were keeping score on who was, who was yeah. doing the right thing and who was doing the wrong thing. And, uh, yeah. you know, I, I, I attempted to stop drinking several times. Uh, you know, I, um, the first time I decided I was going to get help and that was my wife wanted me to, to do, to do something. I did an outpatient program. Um, and at that time I actually, that was, that was probably the worst my physical health was. Mm -hmm. Um, I went to the hospital, um, no, I I hadn't I hadn't drank for like two or three days. We were actually supposed to go on a vacation together. We were supposed to go to Lake Powell. We were going to take her family. Uh, I was in Tennessee for work, um, and the drinking was bad at that time. I I ended up missing my flight. Uh, I didn't even tell her that I was coming home, or I'd missed my flight. What time I was coming home? I just figured it this is worthless. I, I'm just going to be a fight. I'm not going to deal with it. I'm just when I get home, I get home. Right. Then we'll think about the Lake Powell trip when we get there. Um, got home and she had made up her mind that that was it. You know, yeah. we're not, you're not taking us to Lake Powell. You're not going to, you know, do this to the family and especially yeah. her family. And I, you know, those are, that's one of those times where I'm, I feel awful about like, what are they doing? Like I, <laughs> these people made plans and I was so caught up in like, well, that, you know, at that point it was surviving. Right, me. right. Um, yeah. And uh, they they decided they were still going to go on a family trip. They mm-hmm. left. 
uh, and went and I was home alone and I didn't know what to do. I, you know, I, I was like, all right, I'm not going to drink. I'm going to stop. This is, this is, I'm going to get this under control. Uh, is basically what I had told myself. And I called, uh, I called Rod, my buddy and he, uh, um, I'm like, what do I do? I'm freaking out. I'm like, I, my, I don't know. I can't even deal with myself. I'm like just pacing around the house. I don't know what to do with myself. And right. he's like, go to the hospital. He's like, if you can get to the hospital, go to the hospital. Right. Um, so I hadn't, I hadn't drank for about three days, but oh, really? my like mental, like, status was not good and so yeah. i drove up to the hospital and checked myself in uh and i had pancreatitis or pancreatitis okay um and i was dehydrated i was in bad shape uh they ended up keeping me there for a week uh really? just on yeah on liquids and like and i don't think i realized how bad I was uh, at that point. Um, you know, I spent the week there. My wife was gone. Uh, my mom came and visited me once. Uh, you know, it's funny how bad those times were. Yeah. Like, you know, not only for me, but for my family. And, you know, I'm sure they were wondering what the heck is yeah. he doing? What's going on? Um, that you can you can see past that shortly after, right? And it wasn't that bad, right? <laughs> <laughs> and so I I did the outpatient program. It was three months uh, after work. I would I would go up to the ho the hospital and you know it was just a treatment program. Yeah, uh, a few hours every night. I did good. Well, you know, you passed the class. Whatever you want to. <laughs> that's so, that's how so I looked at it. Yeah. <laughs> so you were sober through all of that. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah. So you check yourself in for a week, then you do their program for three months. Yeah. And the whole that you know, that whole time you were Yeah. Dry. Yeah. <laughs> yep, I was dry. And my and I remember my wife, like at ninety days, she was like she thought I was cured. You know, and I was I was pissed that she like told her family, He's sober for ninety days and I was like Why now why would that piss you off? I uh, there's a stigma behind it, I think, you know, okay. and I felt like a failure that like that was something that was, and I was embarrassed so, about it. But th they knew you were drinking though, right? Yeah. But now you're clean and you thought that was the bad part? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't find a happy medium. <laughs> so I was mad that she sent it and like, you know, people are sending texts, congratulations. I'm like, <sighs> really? because I still, I still honestly thought it wasn't as bad as it really was. So you're like still in maybe that there car. was some over it got bad for a second, but it wasn't as bad as you know maybe she made it out to be. Oh, and okay, you're only hearing one side of the story, you know, type of a oh, situation. Because okay. <laughs> I could, I didn't have my chance to blame her for everything that was going on. Right. Um. So, yeah, I I, I think it I think I lasted about five months. Okay. Other and uh, and really in the back of my mind, it was like I want to get her off my back. Mm -hmm. You know, I'll get back to the normal drinking where I, you know, maybe just on work trips or maybe just on a weekend or two. Right. And I thought I could do that. Um, but that wasn't the case. I, I you know, addiction's a, 
a, a funny thing. Once you cross that line, it's, yeah. you know, it's unexplainable. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's like you, you justify it in your head. Like, well, I'll just have one on the weekend. Yeah. I'll just, I'll control it. Yeah. Kind of thing. And so you convince yourself that that's how that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I mean, I tried everything in the book. Like, I tried to mark the bottle and say, okay, only to here tonight, and I'm going to be done. <laughs> really? Yeah. Um, you know, only buy so much, and that's when it's gone, it's gone. Uh, you know, I'd, for years I'd try to do that. Um, after the five months, and that worked for me for, like, two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, see, I've got this. It's two good. weeks. Yeah, I'm, I'm in control and it would just snowball into the same thing. And I, did and your I, wife find out immediately too? Like after you, no, I think it, well, yes and no. I mean, she knew something she, was up, something was up, you know, as far as like my behavior and she just, she probably knew you felt and that you were drinking again, uh-huh. but she didn't have the proof yet, I guess. Yeah. And you well, would deny I would even, it. And, I would even use things like, you know, if if there were times where I was in a bad mood or I didn't want to talk or something like that, and she'd she would she was constantly nervous that something was going on. Right. Like, you know, that's got to be in the back of her mind. Like, yeah, is he drinking again? And and if she <laughs> if she said that, is he drinking again? I would immediately think that's my ticket to go drink. If she thinks I'm drinking, I'm going to. Why am I wasting that opportunity? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It's, isn't that crazy how we justify things in our head? Yeah. Like, that, like, made sense to you. Yeah, it made sense. <laughs> yeah. And so, again, we had drinking at her. And, and uh, so, what, yeah, once things would snowball, like, and, and, like, I would, I would recognize my health would get, like, way bad again. You know, I would get, I, stop eating and I would, uh, you know, the shakes and, mm-hmm. you know, it, it just miserable. Like there were times, you know, getting up in the morning, I would try to get up super early so I could run out to the garage really quick, take a couple pulls and then be able to take a shower without standing there and feeling like I was going to fall down. Mm. Um, and it would get to that point, like in um, two weeks, a month, like I was right back there. Right. Um, and, you know, back to that same, like, I, you hate yourself and you wonder why did I do that? And then, you know, I, things got bad again. Um, and, you know, at that point my wife was, was again saying she was done. This is it. You got to do something. You know, we can't be going through this again. And I checked into a, uh, uh, 60 day inpatient, uh, program. And I, I, I think back about how selfish and conceited I was about Mm -hmm. the whole situation. I still Mm -hmm. had all of these, you know, beliefs that I was, I didn't have a problem. I was just trying to fix the things that were around me. Yeah. Uh, you know, if everything around you was okay, then the drinking wouldn't be as bad. Or, yeah. Or you could control it. If or... I could, if I could just <laughs> prove to them that yeah. I was <laughs> in control. Right. What are they complaining about anyway? It's not that big of a deal. Um, and I did the, the, uh, 
60 days and did their aftercare program and that was about five months um and you know i i think i went six or seven months that time okay and uh then decided i'd try it again see if i could get it back in back in a normal groove to keep things under control and that was kind of the same mentality as the uh-huh. first time is just yeah you know what? I can still control this. I'll just take it slow. Yeah. Okay. And I, I, I and remember. That, and on. that really is the kiss of death. Really. Yeah. You know, I, you know, I work with thousands and thousands of clients over the last thirty years, and I mean, that's probably the number one like lie yeah. that we tell ourselves. Like, okay, I'll just control it now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. I know. I, I really would think that like when things got bad and I just couldn't stop because of like the shakes and the, you know, all of, all the things that went along with it. Like I would, every time I'd get sober, I'd try to dissect the, that whole process. What happened? What can I, yeah. what can I fix in between so I can still drink? And <laughs> like, you know, where did I, where did I go off base? And, uh, you know, I really, I really thought that I would be able to figure it out. I'm like, I'm a smart guy. I can figure out what I did wrong. I, you know, I, I can do hard things. I'll figure this out. Right. But there was never a time where it was like, just stop. You know, yeah. <laughs> just stop. <laughs> that wasn't part of it. And like, even <laughs> if it did come into my head, that wasn't something that I was willing to look at. <laughs> oh, man. And uh, yeah, so the snowball happened again. You know, seven months later, the, the same thing happened. Yeah. Um, that one was pretty short-lived uh, experience, uh, but I ended up in the hospital again, and I I remember um, my mom had taken me to the hospital, and she said uh, I was in there. I'm you know I was 38 years old at the time, and I'm bawling, yeah. and she's sitting in there like, "What is going on with you? Why?" you know, why can't you get this? Uh, yeah. And I remember, I remember just thinking, you know, what do I need to do like right now? What can I do right now that will make this stop? And she's like, I have no idea. I don't know what you're going to do. I don't know. She's like, I, I don't know. think you're going to live much longer if you keep this up. Yeah. And, and, you know, during the, I mean, there's so many little pieces of the story. I mean, there, over the you know five years or whatever this spans, um, you know, I, I've got more than a handful of stories that where I've completely disappointed my family. Yeah. Um, I completely disappointed myself looking back, and I, I can't believe. I let things get to that point. Right. Uh, and I shouldn't even say let things get to that point. I can't believe that I, that was who I was. Um, and was able to look at myself and think that I was okay. Um, and, and it would, you know, we, I don't think it's fair to my kids the way, you know, yeah. to have a dad that was doing stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I would imagine at this point your kids are now getting older and they're really starting to understand dad's really having a bad time. And I'm sure that was scary for them. 
to see you going through all that? Yeah. I mean, they've seen me in some bad, bad spots and, you know, that kind of stuff is, that sticks with me. Um, you know, those, those are the things that I'm not proud of, (laughs) you know, um, a lot of the time, like I said, I would, I would, you know, any type type of thoughts like that that would come in where I've let, let my kids down or, or, you know, just not done what I should have been doing. Mm -hmm. Uh, I tried to, you know, throw frosting on top of it and say, right. But look, they've, they've got everything that they want. You know, I, you know, I do show up to their games. Other dads don't show up to their games. Yeah. I, you know, I, I'd always try to throw that stuff on top of it to like, you know, mask it and, and yeah. say, why is, you know, they have nothing to complain about <laughs> that type of stuff. Yeah. But. Yeah. That thinking air of justifying is, is probably the number one thinking air out there. You know, it's. You justify. Well, I'm I'm still going to the games. I'm still doing this. I'm mm-hmm. still being a good dad. Yeah. Even though I'm struggling over here, but I'm still following through. I'm bringing. Yeah. I'm still working. I'm still bringing in money. You know, justify, 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 w- to keep yourself yep. doing the behavior. Yeah, <laughs> I I was caught up into that for sure. Um. That that cycle of of like stopping and then thinking I you know thinking that I dissected my problem mm-hmm. and found the solution and just kept happening. Uh, and in, in, uh, let's see, it was 2015. It was right around Christmas. Um, I'd actually been skiing and I blew my knee out mm. skiing. Uh, and I'd been sober for, Oh, I think that was the longest I had been sober but that was a perfect excuse to drink again. Go back. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to just lay in bed. No one will know. It'll be fine. Um, I, you know, that was sometime mid December. Um, and I, I, um, continued to like that cycle started getting heavier and heavier right before Christmas. I was, I was right back into that same position where it was, I, couldn't live without it yeah and i and like i said i don't i it's something that i can't explain like you know and someone that hasn't been through that i don't you know i don't know how to explain it um i can understand it when i see somebody else sure sure i I can understand that but uh explaining the why that happens is is still a, a mystery but um that was during christmas uh, I knew that I had a couple of weeks off and it, it, things, I, I basically went into my bedroom and drank every day, all day. I had a friend drop off bottles out to my garage. So my wife wouldn't think that I was going to the liquor store. And so I constantly had a supply, um, you know, I, I, every angle that I could pull and I was right back into that spot. And for new year's, my wife was going up to her family's house and that's what we do every year is we go up to her family's house. Um, and she told me that I wasn't invited and Mm. I was like, okay, I get to stay here and I get to drink and no one gets to bother me. And all, and in my head, I'm like, and I'll show them that like, all I need is my own space and I can get back and things will be Mm -hmm. just fine. And obviously it didn't. 
Like, yeah, it was bad. Um, you know, there was, I think she called, she called my buddy Rod while she was up there and she's like, go check on him and see if he's even alive. Right. She's like, I haven't heard from him. I don't know what's going on. And I heard the door, someone knock on the door and I went and I peeked out and I saw that it was Rod and I was, and that made me mad because I'm like, oh, she probably oh, he called. sending, yeah, yeah. sending she in the intervention. Him. So I like hid in the bedroom. He came <laughs> in and he walked around and I was like, do I come out? And like, so I did. And I talked to him. I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. Everything's good. And it wasn't, I was not in a good, right. good place. Uh, and that's really the last thing I remember until uh, it was like, a, it was a Tuesday morning. And um, I had another friend that, came over mm-hmm. um and i didn't even know rochelle had come home she'd been home for two days i had no idea she was even home i would really yeah and he came into the bedroom he's like get up let's go get a let's go to Seven Eleven. let's grab a drink let's talk we'll mm-hmm. figure out where you're at and where you're driving and he's like do you want me to take you to take you to the hospital <laughs> like no i mean i've done this like I've done this a handful before. of times. I don't need to do this again. I'm not, you know, I'm fine. And, uh, we got up to the exit, uh, to get on the freeway. And I, and I, I don't know what it was. I just said, let's go. Yeah. Let's go. And, and he took me down and, uh, I checked in at, at, uh, university of Utah mm-hmm. and, and, you know, at, at that point in my mind, I'm like, okay, how am I going to, what am I going to do? How am I going to, you know, trying to figure out how I'm going to strategize to make this work again. Right. Um, my wife wanted me to go back to the, the, uh, treatment center that I had gone to previously. And I think that was the first time that I really decided that I'm going to, this is, I don't care about anything else. There, I'm yeah. doing no good by following someone else's plan <laughs> and someone else's recommendations. Uh-huh. Like it hasn't worked. I'm, <laughs> and just, they actually came and like set up the time to come pick me up from the hospital. We were gonna go mm-hmm. straight there, and I, the day that they were gonna come, I told them no. Um, and I had, I there was a flyer, and there was another guy that was coming here to Wasatch, and I'm like, I'm gonna go there. And it, in fact, that place would have been free. If I would have gone. Oh, really? Yeah. They had a deal. Like if you come, huh. uh, second offenders get a free <laughs> ride. <laughs> wow. And uh, my insurance didn't cover everything here, but I didn't care. I was like, this is going to be. You wanted something different. This is going to be, I, you know, I'm, I've, I've got to do something different. Yeah. Um, it was kind of empowering for me. Like sure. It wasn't that problem where people are sending me off to, I kind right. of took control of my situation, which was a, a big deal for me. Um, I remember talking to my boss while I was in there. Um, and he said, why don't you come in and we'll talk about it. And I said, you know what? I'm not coming back in. I said, right. do whatever you have to do, but I, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. Um, it had finally sunk in that that probably wasn't the best place for me. Um, right. You know, they worked they worked with me and they they wanted the best for me. Um, but there was something about it that I that was something I couldn't shake. Where I right. I couldn't get back into, um, you know, living the way that I wanted to live and still work there. 
Yeah. So I figured I was they, that's fine. I'm I'm starting over. Um which was a scary decision. Like think about sure. it. I've been there for twelve years. Uh and I think what am I gonna do next? Um was pretty scary. Yeah. Um but remarkably relieving. Um yeah. you know, in the back of my head I was completely relieved. Um people probably think I'm crazy for even, you know, for leaving a job that was a great job. Um, well, it's almost like you knew I got to, I got to just make some huge changes here. If this is going to work this time, I've got to really look at this honestly and and do the right thing here. It sounds like that's kind of where your head was. Yeah, I definitely, I, at, at, while I, even when I was in the hospital there, um, my wife, came to visit she she'd gone to an attorney ready for divorce and i was too i was like if i keep blaming her mm-hmm. if that's the problem then that's well, i'm i'm good to let that go too if it's gonna make things better yeah. I can, because i can be a better right father and just even a person in her life i can be better sober but this cycle of of you know being sober mm-hmm. and then just and then ending up at the hospital in a month is not working. Right. Um, so I, re- I remember we were having lunch together and, uh, she, you know, she's just laid it all out and I said, okay, let's, mm-hmm. let's plan on that. <laughs> I'm not going to really worry about it. I'm going to, I'm checking into this place and I, I checked in and I remember I, I said, I didn't, I didn't care how long I stayed. You tell right. me when to leave. I don't right. have a job to get back to. I don't have right. any of these other things to get back to. And I think I really had a desire that this was, I wanted to stop. Yeah, I wanted sure. to figure it out. I wanted to be able to, you know, it wasn't the person I wanted to be. Um, and I actually remember one of the first um, meetings I had with you and uh we were we were sitting there and, and and I remember you said what you need to do right now is make a decision and i and like i remembered that me sitting in the hospital with my mom asking her what do i need to do right now and she's uh-huh. like i don't know i don't know what you're going to do and i'm like i don't know what to do what do i do right now <laughs> right and i was like if that was an answer to a prayer i don't know what was mm-hmm. because that's what i was looking for and as simple and as stupid as it might sound make a decision i realized that like through that whole all of these experiences i had never made a decision that i this was it like a full on full wholehearted decision that i was going to change yeah. And I was going to do whatever it took. Um, and I realized that I was really good at following other people's rules, mm-hmm. you know, for five or six months. Right. But when it came down to my <laughs> rules, yeah. I couldn't follow my rule. Right. Um, I could justify my way around it. Sure. And, and I realized that, you know, there are things in my life that I have some strict rules for that I, that mm-hmm. I live by, um, you know, and... I think it was that conversation that we had that made me realize that I can do this. I can make this a decision that is like full body. This is, this is the deal. Yeah. And this is how I believe this is, I don't drink. Um, and, (laughs) and, 
it wasn't like it was that minute, like that was right. the decision and I was done and it was over. Um, I mean, it took a, a while. Sure. Um, but it's a, it's funny how like, that's not something that I look at and like, I feel bad about my situation or I feel bad about like, oh, I can't drink or, um, you know, it, I don't see it that way. It's just, yeah. I don't drink. Yeah. And I know, you know, for our listeners who are hearing this, that might think, well, that's all you have to do is make a decision. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, in, in the, the, the simple answer is yes, it comes down to deciding what you want. And I always refer back to Viktor Frankl, um, in the death camp, how he survived in Auschwitz. And he, he would see these guys who were dying. They're going to die. And they walk across the hut and they give their last piece of bread away to this other guy who's dying in this death camp and consoling him. And as he's watching this, he realized um, that we can truly still make a decision, powerful one, even in such horrible circumstances. And then he penned this, and it's his famous quote, the last of all human freedoms is to choose one's own attitude in any given set of circumstances, to choose one's own way. And he thought, man, if you can make a decision in a death camp and you're dying and you're going to give away your last piece of breath, it's that inner decision that we all have that we can do. And I remember that conversation actually, Dixon, when when I said, just decide, dude, what do you want? What do you want for once? Like, really? And yeah, it took a minute, but when you finally got to that point, man, it was empowering. Yeah. And it was empowering to watch you do that, you know, and I felt I felt blessed to actually watch you kind of transform before my very eyes as you went through this program here, you know? Yeah, I it definitely that was that was a turning point for me. Um and as far as like the rest of the stuff, you know, I had a ton of baggage still hanging <laughs> out there oh, uh, yeah. and and trying to sort that out. Um, you know, trying to figure out what do I do with my wife and my family and like, am I even going to be welcome, uh, in the family? But that wasn't, that wasn't like the, the super important saving my marriage was not the number one thing for me at that, at that point. And that was different. Uh, At Mm -hmm. other times I did it because I I didn't want to lose my wife. Yeah. Um, and I, and to be like completely honest, there there was some freedom there on my side, and there was some freedom there for my wife as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, she went through a lot, and there was a lot that she, you know, had to deal with and yeah. and and look at, and um, she put a ton of work in, um, you know, more than I think I even realize. Sure. Um, she came down to some of the groups down here um, and we learned a lot about each other. Um, you know, there were still, you know, it, it's not like an overnight process. Right. You know, over the last three years, we've learned a lot about each other and, yeah. and how to work together on things. Um, and, you know, obviously, you know, if I'm talking like this, uh, our marriage has survived to this point. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, uh, you know, but it, what, it, which is pretty amazing. Yeah. And, but know. I, I, and that's the thing I, I, 
she put in a lot of work too. Yeah, like it sure. wasn't just me. If, right. You know, if I if I look back and I saw somebody else that was in a different family and like we were watching that this scenario play out, I probably would tell the wife to leave. Like, what are you doing with this loser? You know. Um, yeah. But she was willing to put in time on uh, on her own. Um, which I I think is amazing, and I you know, and I I love her even more for for being willing to you know see that this is this this is yeah. an us problem let's figure it out yeah um and i and yeah. i i i feel pretty blessed to to have that yeah but, that's amazing and, and you've been clean how long now just over three years so yeah. january 6th yeah well you know my experience with you here at wasatch um you know you're you know like most clients when they get here they're guarded and they got thinking errors and they play the victim and mm-hmm. you d- had all those. And <laughs> <laughs> But one thing I really appreciated about you is you were one, like you said, willing to really truly look at yourself and, and make those changes and you worked really hard while you were here. Um, you're one of those guys that's remembered because you worked. You know what I mean? There's a lot of clients who come through here, unfortunately, who don't put in the work. They just don't do it. Whether that means they're not ready for it or they're just not in that position yet or whatever it might be. But you're remembered because you worked and you put in some really, really good work here. And uh, it's just, it's fantastic to see you now and and how well you're doing and how great you look. And I mean, (laughs) from the first time I saw you to now, it's it's pretty cool to see the, the, the transformation. And, you know, obviously physically you look great, but just even your countenance and your energy is completely different from the oh, first thanks. day I met you. <laughs> yeah, it was I was in bad shape. Uh, pretty lost. Yeah. What keeps you going now? I mean, now that you're clean, you, you've worked on some stuff. I know you're still working on stuff and you know, what 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 do you do that keeps you kind of centered now? Um and uh share that with us a little bit. Um, you know what? It's, I, I, I don't know. There was something that you said, you get up and you have your power hour mm-hmm. in the mornings. Yeah. And, uh, so I have, I, my version is my serenity drives. Okay. <laughs> so Great. I get up in the morning, every morning. This is uh-huh. Saturday, Sunday. Uh, if I, even if I'm working from home that day, then I get up and I, I go drive around for 15, 20 minutes, half an hour sometimes. And it's, you know, my time to kind of meditate, think about the day, think where I'm, you know. Right. And it's just my time. Yeah. Uh, and I and I enjoy it. You know, I sometimes I if I don't get that in, it's I feel like I'm I'm missing a little bit right. uh, of my day. Sure. Um, That's great, I, by the way. I mean, even even doing something in the morning for yourself goes so far. Uh, it goes with the old saying, if you win the first hour of the day, you win the day. If you lose the first hour of the day, you'll spend the rest of the day looking for it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, it's so true, isn't it? Yeah. And so it's great. I love that you're doing that because that makes a lot of sense to me. It, You know, that's like a, a simple little thing. But yeah. it makes a big difference for my Huge. for my day. And I wouldn't say that's what keeps me going and, you know, keeps me sober by any means. Um. I think what really keeps me going and keeps me sober is um, liking who I am sober mm-hmm. and being okay with who I am sober. Right. 
being okay that I'm not the guy that's going to take everybody out and whoop it up. Like I, I'm not missing (laughs) anything. And like, you know, um, I like the way that I feel. I like, you know, um, you know, there's, there's, I, there's so much that I do it for now. Mm -hmm. uh, I couldn't pin it on one thing, Uh, you know, saying it was my, it's my family or, uh, that's part of it. I, you know, you know, the responsibilities for my job, that's why I do it. Uh, but what it boils down to is I do it because I like who I am when I'm, when I live like this. Um, there's a, there's a freedom to it. Right. And that's, you know, that's, it's a weird, weird thing to think. Like I, you know, with drinking and not drinking, I could drink anytime I wanted. You know, there would be, I could right. go do it if I wanted to at any time, mm-hmm. but that's not like a, that's not something that I want to do yeah. because it's going to ruin like the things that I like about me right now. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't even know, like, you know, I, some other things is, is the things that my wife and I have worked on is, has been huge too. Like understanding how to, you know, really communicate. I yeah. I think that's been a big one. Um, you know, when I'm frustrated and I start feeling those resentments, we, you know, or when she starts feeling those resentments, we can talk. Right. Um, we're not great at it, but we're getting better. Right. You know. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's pretty remarkable. I think you know, listening to your story and what you've been through, and how bad it got. And then, you know, how you've turned things around and, and got to that point where you wanted it and made that decision and worked hard and you're still working hard. And, you know, I love that you you do that. What do you call it? Sobriety drives? Is that what you call it? Uh, no. Or serenity I, drives. Serenity drive. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So. <laughs> that's my serenity drive I love drive it, though. I think it's great. I think it's fantastic that you're doing that. I think that's really cool. Um, so um, if people wanted to reach out to you and maybe ask you a question or – you know, if you're open to that, if they, you know, or if they have someone who's struggling and they want some advice from you, what would be a good way for them to reach out to you? I, they, they can email me or I don't even care if they call me, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine with it. I, I, you know, that's a big part of it too, is like being involved with the community. Like sure. being able to do this is huge for me. Yeah. Um, so what's your email? How would they? Uh, Dixon Brown at Comcast.net. Okay. Yeah, and uh, you want to yeah. just probably just share that, or do you want to share your phone number too? <laughs> I will go with that because I, I that's a <laughs> that's a busy phone number. Yes, yes, <laughs> it is. But yeah, you know. Um, it, and then one last thing I want to ask you is if if you could give anyone out there some advice who's struggling, who may be going through the same thing you did, or they know someone who's struggling, you know, what's some advice that you could give them? Oh man, for someone that knows somebody that's struggling, um, some advice that I would give them is their life sucks pretty bad for them, mm-hmm. and and being on the outside, you don't know how bad that is, right? And with that being said, they need help, right? And you know whatever you can do, like find your resources. 
um, I was pretty stubborn, like to think oh, that yeah. I had a problem and I was mm -hmm. an AA guy or I was right. like, um, to break that barrier down was, was tough. But, um, if you're in the situation yourself, there is help, be open to help ask questions. I mean, take a step and see where it gets you. Yeah. Um, well, it was even like your friend who came over and just grabbed you and said, let's go get a drink at the Sev. Yeah. 7-Eleven, but then said, hey, should I just take you to the hospital? <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, just someone reaching out in that capacity yeah. can make a huge difference as well. Yep, for you sure. Know? That's, yeah, that's, you know, once you get started and, you know, if you go to an AA meeting, any one of those guys will help you. Right. Uh, you know, anybody's willing to help. Sure. Uh, they know where you've been and, and they know, you know, it's amazing how similar stories can be. Right. Um, and you think that it's a unique situation and you're different, right. um, but people can help. And and my advice is be open to help for help. Right. Like, sometimes you can't figure this out on your own. Yeah. Wow. Oh. That's awesome. Great advice. Um, I want to thank you for being on and sharing your story. Yeah, uh, I appreciate being yeah, on. Yeah, I'm grateful that yeah. we're that we know each other and that I had the opportunity to be a small part of your journey when you were here and, and, uh, still rub shoulders with you. And <laughs> he, you know, we do a golf tournament every year and Dixon brings his helicopter and flies it in there. And we do this ball drop, uh, which is really cool, uh, with the helicopter for that's, our golf tournament. Fun. And we really appreciate you always doing that. And, um, I'm glad that you and your wife are working things out and, and that you're involved in your kids' sports and all the things that you're doing. And, so just th thanks for uh, being vulnerable today and sharing your story with us. We really appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. No, I appreciate being on. Like I said, I, I, it's good for me to kind of backtrack and remember those things. Yeah. Uh, you know, so, so many times I looked back and I didn't think it was that bad. Right. Um, and I only touched on a couple of the bad things. The I story know. can get a lot deeper. Yeah, we can get a but, lot deeper. But, but it's that's what... I yeah. don't know. It's good for me. It's good yeah. for me to stay connected. Wow. Awesome. Well, there you go. Uh, again, thank you, um, Dixon. And thank you, listeners, once again. Uh, another amazing story. And like I said, I really do appreciate you sharing this with uh, people that you know that may be struggling. And uh, also, I need to thank our sponsor once again, Veracity Networks, and my friend Drew Peterson. Thank you for making that possible. Uh, they're an amazing company. Uh, and... Uh, support. Thank you so much. Until next time. Thank you, Dixon. Thanks.